y'all. Welcome back. I am so excited because it is negative 16 outside right now in Colorado. It's uh, It feels like, according to the thing I'm looking at, it says it feels like negative 36. How, how does anyone know what negative 36 feels like? Do people go out in this? Like, is that a thing? It's literally the coldest day Colorado has ever had on record. Like, we're breaking records in winter, man. I, my southern ass is not <laughs> made for this stuff. Uh, all right, but don't worry. I'm not going to keep this on weather much. Honestly, it's going to be a shorter one. You know, we got Christmas coming up and the New Year's and such. So, you know, we'll, we'll get back to, to normal length episodes and guests and things in the new year. But I wanted to, I wanted to touch briefly on... I guess just on the concept of kids entertainment and most of I me, mean, we've done, we've done episodes on this before, but, but the idea that I realized it yesterday, I can sing along with almost every song that my kids sing that I don't think that was true back in the day. Like what I remember growing up, I mean, specifically, I remember my father, I mean, actively hating most of the music <laughs> that I listened to, certainly not you know, listening enough intently to like catch the beat or to know the lyrics. Like I, I listen to so many XOMG pop songs lately that I can sing along. I, I know like their top five songs on Spotify. I know all the words and it is just a, it's an interesting change. I think it's an interesting shift in dynamic. Like any parents out there, you know what I'm talking about. Like our parents didn't pay that close attention. I don't, I mean, they cared they checked like at least my parents. They checked like you know, P, is it PG or G or rated you know PG thirteen or whatever stuff like that. But the idea of actually sitting down and listening enough to like to learn it and memorize it, which I never meant to, but I think that's a relatively new thing. Certainly, picture any parents in the forties as if it, for, as if their kids would even have the autonomy to choose songs. And maybe that's maybe that's kind of the idea. I mean, in the forties, kids had no way of, of even playing music. There might have been a record player in the home or something, but certainly dad wasn't allowing the five-year-old to operate it. Whereas in our house, both my kids, you know, age five, age seven, they can just yell at Alexa to play whatever song they want to play at any given time always. And maybe that's it. The technological freedom that has been curated or just unleashed <laughs> upon our children, it's a new thing. I mean, even as a child, like I remember when we got the second TV, we had a TV downstairs and then a TV upstairs. So like my brother and I would run upstairs and of course we'd fight over what we're watching, but it was still awesome that we could actually watch. Like if my dad was watching the game, we, 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 and we didn't want to, or whatever he was, whatever they're watching, we could go upstairs and just watch kids stuff of which again, I mean, in, in, you know, the nineties, I'm sure late eighties, whatever, but the idea of cartoon network was just coming out. The idea of Nickelodeon, like the idea of purposefully kid centered kid only, things channels and radio stations that was essentially brand new i'm thinking i mean I, I admit i haven't researched this but i'm pretty sure i'm right that in the 50s nickelodeon didn't exist there wasn't disney channel in 1963 you know what i mean like that didn't exist so you either had to have like a vhs tape which didn't come around until later in the 60s anyway i think it was like the late 80s might have been I'm, again haven't researched it fact check me if you want to i don't really care point is this is all brand new the idea that kids get to figure out and find out what it is they like it just just by means of, of just searching and, and just trial and error, I guess, really. Like my, my kids, if they if they find a band, they yell at Alexa to play that band and every single song. And, they, they get, and then if they don't like a few, you know, they have their like my son has his own playlist. 
Raiden has his own playlist already that he curates and he puts in order because he thinks one song goes better than the other. And they like, that is a totally new thing. Parents or not, if you're listening to this, like, first of all, thank you. I love you. I'm not kidding. Thank you so much. And secondly, if you're listening to this, parents or not, I mean, just think back to your childhood. How much control over the radio did you have? You know, like if you're in the car with your parents when you were eight, how much control did you really have? And now my kids each have tablets that each have songs on them and they have headphones. So like they don't even I remember being forced to listen to what my parents listened to. I, I, I know most of the Beatles songs because of that, because that's what they would listen to. Uh, I mean, I know like Todd Rundgren songs. I know that's more specific to just my father, but whatever your father listened to, whatever your parents, mom or dad or whoever fucking raised you, like whoever you grew up around, you probably absorbed a lot of their artistic influences because you didn't have a choice. Whereas nowadays, it's not that our kids have a choice. They have the ability to simply plug into a completely different thing. If I'm listening to whatever I'm listening to in the car, they just put on headphones, especially if it's on like a road trip. Road trips used to be brutal, as I recall. And now th that's the second thing. First, road trips used to be brutal because it was it was all like the Beatles or, or Grand Funk Railroad or whatever you know nonsense my parents listened to from back in the day, which I actually ended up liking. But because I was forced to listen to it, I think it was more I, I think it was more like a Stockholm syndrome. I became a fan of these these musicians because I didn't have a choice. My kids haven't heard fish ever. That's not true. My kid, I, I used to play fish for them when they were too young to understand and they didn't have a choice. So they, they got, you know, plenty of it pumped into their heads pre age four, but post age four, they haven't listened to a single bit of it because they just don't have to. If they want, if I'm doing anything, they can just do anything else. And it's just, and that's just, that's their perspective. It's just, it's what they choose to do. I didn't have that. You likely you, whoever listening didn't have that. I'm wondering if that, how that affects the future, how that affects the idea of consuming art and how artists are able to connect with their fans. If you've truly been a fan of some artist since you were six and they were, I mean, these XOMG pop girls are like 12. If you've been a fan since before both of you could drive in 20 years, if you're still interacting with this, with this artist, I imagine there will be a deeper connection. I think, I mean, you will have literally grown up more or less together, not together, but you know what I mean? You will have grown up at the same time. And as they progress in their songwriting styles and mature, I'm guessing the fandom will mature along with it. Like when I was seven, I couldn't have named you any band that wasn't one of the bands that my father liked. I could have named you any like new bands that were coming out or anything. Like I couldn't, I had no idea. Meanwhile, my kids could name you many. I mean, it, it, it all, it's all like the JoJo Siwa clones, but it's still, it's the same idea. They're making music for kids specifically for seven-year-olds. And I say that specifically for seven-year-olds because we watched the America's Got Talent where XOMG Pop was on there and all the judges were screaming about how their kids or their their grandkids or I don't think it was grandkids, or nieces and nephews, like, oh, they're seven and they're eight and they'd love this. and they'd It's music made specifically for seven-year-olds because – until very recently, seven-year-olds didn't have a way to tune in. That You didn't have a medium to get to children without parents. Back in the day, the parents were the key. You had to make something that was at least tolerable to the parents. Tolerable? Toleratable? Doesn't matter. You had to make something that at least the parents didn't hate because the parents were the ones that were putting it on for their kids. That has changed completely.
I mean, like I said, like nowadays you have access. I mean, even just us as adults, we have access to so much more than we ever did, which I admit I, I'm enjoying. I, I appreciate the fruits of whoever's labor to try to zap my kids into a Disney frenzy whenever they need to. But what it has also done is given me multiple outlets. Like the idea that I, mean, I can go on uh, on Spotify and pull up uh, genuinely billions of art, billions, probably not millions for sure. Millions of artists. Genuinely. There are there is at one click. I can access anything. That was never an option. You know what I mean? Like even just the immediacy of art now. I mean, with Netflix and Hulu and all the, the online streaming things, like I'm genuinely curious where this takes us as as a as a species, as a people, because I think the the direct interaction. I mean, you can tweet at the director of a movie. You can tweet at actors and actresses. You can tweet at comedians and musicians. Like direct communication with artists i mean even just for us again as, a, as adults it's changing the landscape it's changing the way music is produced the way music is released like there's a couple of bands i like uh twiddle who i i mean i absolutely love and sadly i think they're breaking up but their last album and i'm sure this is true for many bands but their last album they released one song at a time they released one song and then like six weeks later they released another one and like two weeks later they released another one and i was like oh sick they're making some new music and then suddenly they had an album out and i was like oh it's all those songs that's true of a lot of bands. I've seen that in a few different bands, and I'm sure it's true for many others. I, I, you know, if if I was a closer follow of Taylor Swift, maybe she did that with her stuff. I don't actually know. That's just not my jam. It doesn't matter. I, I my kids love her, and that's fine. And again, that's a thing. I don't love Taylor Swift's music. She doesn't make it for me. It doesn't speak to me. It's fine. I have no problem with it. You can do whatever you want. It's not made for me. My kids love Taylor Swift's music, and not to say that she's necessarily making it for seven year olds because she's not. But some of her older stuff, it's more like whatever they are able to find her without my interaction. And that is just, it's, it's blowing my mind because it's just so new and I'm curious how it changes everything. And to tie that in with, with even just adults, like we, when the Sonic movie came out, I know the adults is a stretch for who saw the first Sonic movie, but then when the first Sonic movie came out, the internet freaked out. They leaked pictures of how they had animated Sonic and everybody screamed and yelled and tweeted at the producers and the directors and all that, and they changed it. Before they released the film, they went back and spent however much money and, and re-digitally animated Sonic. That type of live instant feedback to a movie that's not even released yet, but likely was mostly done. And then they went back and changed it. That's so new. The, the instant feedback loops for basically all art, but certainly for movies, that's brand new. I mean, again, just picture picture in the 70s. How would you have even contacted a producer of a movie? Just just try to just, you're sitting, I mean, let's just pick Texas. You're sitting in Texas. Movies are made in California. How are you contacting Scorsese? Do you have any way? No. Are they contacting you? No. Are they giving press releases that aren't through maybe ABC and C, you know, CBS? That's it. Maybe once a month on a nightly news broadcast, you might get maybe once a week, whatever. That's all you got. Nowadays, it's live updates. It's as Avatar was being made. I mean, the last I've been seeing advertisements for the for the new Avatar for at least six months, if not at least maybe a year, probably probably more. We got to see every character. We know the pictures. We know we know how it looks on screen. Like the idea of a fully released product from start to finish being kept a secret is almost a. It's almost impossible to do. You can't keep stuff under wraps for that long. I mean, if the movie takes a year to to film and produce and you know do all the things, stuff is getting out. 
you know, the details are getting out the script is that someone found a script online, like the idea that you could keep it all secret. One is, is almost impossible to do just, just physically speaking. It's hard to keep information secret, but two, it's almost not the marketing ploy anymore. It's almost as if nowadays marketing is this, this drip marketing, give a little bit here, wait another couple of weeks, give a little bit there, wait another, give another trailer, give another trailer, give another trailer and just slowly drip information or pieces of this artwork that you're doing into the public's hands that way when you finally get the 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 end result i mean the public is oh that's what it is give the public enough to where they feel comfortable to where where it's not new by the time the movie or the, the album or whatever it is you're doing comes out it's not new there's already seeds planted in the audience head to where it's not as much of a gamble because that was and I've done an episode on this fact it might have been like the second episode ever so it, if this isn't a long enough episode for you go back and, and listen to the one about sequels uh, it's way early on I don't know if I knew what I was doing yet I don't know if I know what I'm doing now point is sequels are done and produced more often nowadays because it's an easier sell it's an easier box office draw when your clientele are just you know the, the public just people that consume me and everybody else when we already know that character, we already know we enjoy that character. We already know we enjoy he or she or them or they doing whatever the fuck they do. We already like it. The first one sold well. So we know the second one, even if it's not as good, even if it doesn't sell as well, it will sell. You know, it, if the first Avengers made $100 billion, even if the second Avengers sucks, it's still going to make $50 billion just because, just because of just, just, just the routine of seeing characters, you know, and a plot that you're familiar with. It's familiarity. The, the, the idea that you give a, a one minute trailer and then a two minute trailer and then a three minute trailer and then a five minute trailer. By the time you see the movie, you already know most of the shit, but that's not the point anymore. Where they're not producing to surprise you. They're not producing to, to have you find something new. They're producing what feels old, what you would comfortable. It's, it's like comfort food, but in a movie or, or in, or in songs or whatever. It's the idea to make you familiar before you even see it. Technically you've already seen it before you even hear the full album. You've already heard three or four songs that are sprinkled in the album. So it'll never lose you. It'll never, you won't turn it off because even if it's getting to the point where like, you know, it's the third song in a row that you've never heard before. Whereas I remember being excited for that. When a new album came out, yeah, there was the one song that was on the radio, like Blink-182 or Smash Mouth or, you know, whatever. Wow, Smash Mouth. Anyways, if it was, you know, you knew the one song from the radio and then the nine to 11 other songs on the album were all brand new and you didn't know anything about them. And sometimes it was a swing and a miss. You know, that was fine. I think what, you know, it was like you get three or four songs in, you heard the one song from the radio, you liked it, but by song four, you didn't really like the rest of the album and you pretty, you know, and you put it away. I did that a lot. I remember that multiple times. Switchfoot specifically. That's a band that I don't know if anybody's going to care about. Point is, I like their one song on the radio, bought a CD, hated it, never listened to it again. That's what they're trying to prevent, I believe. They want to make sure that you know three or four songs on the album. And the other, you know, five or six songs on the album are probably not very different from them. They're very, you know, whatever. But it's a, it's to make you feel comfortable. It's to make you not quit. Because everything you've already heard, you've already sort of kind of liked, or at least it's already given a framework for your mind to just like appreciate it because it's it's old. It's new. But it's old. And maybe that's what we're trying to do all at the same time. And that's why they're aiming at kids early. Get them, you know, listening to XOMG Pop. Like get them watching Disney Channel. That way, as they grow up, they will continue to watch and listen to this stuff. Because, I mean, it feels like it used to be. The, the age-old adage was, like, try to hook someone, like, 18 to 24. You know, like, if, if you hook an 18 to 24-year-old on Nike shoes, they'll probably buy Nike shoes their entire life. Well, that, I think, is gone. I don't, I don't, I think it's way too late now. 
I think they're aiming. It used to be 18 to 24. I bet you now it's like seven to 12. And I'm not, you know, whatever. I have no research again, you know, fact check me if you really want to, but I bet you that's right. I bet you the idea of, of waiting until they're 18 or trying to, trying to get in it. By the time someone's 18, just picture a modern day 10 year old right now. I don't have a 10 year old, but I can just picture one. Just picture, you know, like a, a fourth grader. They already know what they like because they have been searching on the internet for it and re it. They have been, they have been reinstating their own beliefs over and over. They've been searching and Googling and clicking and listening and feeding their own self with what they like, which they already found because it was already targeted to them. And that's the modern era. And where that takes us, I don't know. <laughs> where we go from here, how that affects how music is released and how movies are made. I mean, I, you know, who knows? But I wouldn't be surprised if there's like an entirely Twitter-made movie. Like the producers and the actors genuinely go to Twitter to ask for ideas and it's all made together. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens soonish. And if it flops, I don't know. I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm just saying I bet if I can think of it, somebody whose job to think about movie stuff, it, you would guarantee crowd interaction. You would guarantee a, a customer base that feels as if they've taken ownership or helped along with the movie. Because had they come out with the Sonic thing, just using that example again, early on and said, hey, what do y'all think? This, this, or this. And had the internet vote on what looks like what, that would have done the same thing with less of the outrage and the backlash. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do that you know, straight away moving forward. I, I bet you there's going to be a crowdsourced writing campaign for a movie. How insane is that? Also insane, it is so cold outside, guys. I cannot handle it. I hope you are somewhere warmer. And if you're not, well, hey, bundle up just like I am. Have a wonderful, happy, merry Chris McQuana Hansica. Anything and everything you might believe, I hope it's awesome for you. I love you, and I'll see you next time.